everyone and welcome to this, another edition of us being super heroes, but not superheroes at the same time. We are, well you could say, heroes of Dragon Ball, and we are up on the lookout. Now, for those of you who don't know, Up on the Lookout is a Dragon Ball podcast with a difference. Here, we like to talk about Dragon Ball in a much more laid-back and analytical way, whilst also being open to other ideas. We are not going to be downtrodden by other means of thinking, and instead, we're just going to, you know, talk it like it is. A couple of nerds just chilling out up here. Joining me, as usual, is my trusty sidekick, Havrock. Hello. I am Iron Man. I am, uh... Ooh. I don't know, Doctor Strange, because I have I have the hair. And it's actually a funny story. I, w- I went to a convention and I had one of those like old kind of like coats that Sherlock had. And uh, I was being like shown around a, a convention space. And one of the doormen would actually say, oh, oh, who's you and Benedict Cumberbatch over here? And they were referring to me because at the time I was relatively skinny and I had the hair and I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> I'm not that anymore, but. That was just something in relation to it. But the main content of this, instead of talking about my dress sense, is the latest information from the new Dragon Ball movie coming out in 2022. Dragon Ball Super Superhero. We've been talking about this a lot on the main channel, and for good reason. This is very much going to be the follow-up to the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. And, uh... Ooh. Hmm. Have... Would you say that this is divisive? It is divisive. Like, I like what I saw, at least in terms of, you know, like the world development. I understand why people are, you know, not very happy because largely fan base liked the Shintani style and after very spectacular, you know, very fluid Shintani style, we are getting something different. Hmm. It feels very weird in the sense that normally when a company puts something out and people are up in arms and the fact that they absolutely adore it and the Broly movie is something absolutely massive, fantastic uh, point in animation and technology combining the two. Fantastic. And it made a lot of money. Now, a normal company would be going like, okay, we'll just do more of that. Oh, more of the same. And maybe for a TV series, if they ever do one, you just do it on a little bit more of an efficient and cost-effective premise. Here, though, they're changing the art style again. And I'm like, why? I mean, granted, they want to try something new. And props to Toei for doing something relatively, quote-unquote, brave. They're doing something that a lot of people... uh, We actually got a comment from Japan, a super chat, in our live stream. And they mentioned that what Toei are doing is just what the Dragon Quest die animation is doing, but on a bigger scale. As in, they use CGI all the time, I think, for backgrounds. Uh, but now this is Dragon Ball doing it entirely on a bigger budget. I, I dropped into Carthu's stream about this, and I wouldn't be surprised if this budget for this movie is about 25 million bucks. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's going to make its money back. It's a Dragon Ball movie. Of course it will. But... I don't think it's going to be as much of a success as the Broly movie will, based on what we've seen and the audience reaction. It's sort of gone the other way from what I've seen, in that 
when we found out the Dragon Ball Super Broly name, people were like, oh man, you're relying on Broly again? Oh, I'm not gonna watch it. First trailer comes out, oh my god, I'm gonna go and watch it. Now, it seems to be the other way around, at least initially. But when I did a couple of polls on said live stream, we, um, we got a very stable, relatively stable reaction, didn't we? Yeah. Maybe a couple of people were less excited about it, but the amount of people that said, no, they're not going to be excited about it. It was like 3%. 3%. Yeah, it didn't really change that much. I mean, given what it was and how bold and like risky this move is, that's not terrible. But again, I still am like, I'm not sure why they done it other than to flex and go like, hey folks, look what we can do. And is that, no, this is Freezer. I think we've been here before. Have we been here before? I uh, I have been, uh, like I have been saying yesterday, like the best you can say about the CG animation is that it's not overly distracting and there are, you know, some hand-drawn frames and there are some moments that look genuinely good, like Pan powering up, for example. That's, that's a really nice visual. But I, I must give it to the people that are very anti-CG that, uh, for example, the car scene looks not that great, you know? And, and like, as you mentioned, the, the amount of hyping it up they did for, like, something like this is, is weird because, like, by no means that it feels groundbreaking, you know? It feels competent. Sorry. It feels it feels competent, but uh, like that's the best you can say about it. It's competent. Yeah, it, it it I get it. They're in a tunnel and they're driving in a car. I get it. But they were really championing. They were really praising that scene and the driver. They went on about the driver, and I'm like, you know what? Crazy theory. Crazy theory. The driver is Weiss. Because I then had a look back through and the suit and the hair. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact I then thought, attention, duelists, my hair is telling you I'm in a Dragon Ball movie. Isn't that weird? Yeah, apart from that, obviously. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure there are some Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge people uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, But other than that, I feel this could be Weiss in disguise, given the hair style. I have other theory that we that that uh, no doubt we will discuss later. But like, like again, those characters give give some strong vibes of the characters we've seen before. Uh, you could say, oh, you know, it's an easy CGI cash grab. But the thing is that uh, that's also not the case because if you would have if you would make a cash grab movie right like you would put in like broly in a major role uh, you, you would put maybe cooler maybe maybe jiren you know like all of those like uh, bulked up characters and tell them to punch and here they were so excited to show us, oh look, we have we have a special artwork uh, artwork from from uh, Toriyama. Oh, what's it gonna be? Uh, Vegeta, Goku, uh, some new form? No, it was Corin, and I absolutely loved it. But what this movie is telling us is that this isn't going to be your typical punchy punchy movie. And to a lot of you out there, that might put you off. And Habs just sharing me some images, basically. Oh. 
Okay. There are some... I, I, I thought so. I did mention this briefly. There are connections to Movie 9 in that, oh, Mr. Cash or something like that. Uh, but, you know, big... Yeah, big businessman kind of guy with a child wants to give him something. You know, personally, it's thinking, Dad, I want to be a superhero like my my idol. I want to fight some villains. That's what I believe that Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 are. They're androids that the Red Ribbon Army or whatever they've done, they call themselves now. I think the Red Ribbon Burgers or something like that now is like a cover. That's how they make their main money with the populace now. They seem to be they, like they seem to be uh, like connect, uh, you know, like combination of, you know, of Lord uh, Lord Jaguar and Mister Cash because and. And, and and again, like like I don't mind it being grounded. Again, this this movie gives me vibes of like the most grounded or OG like Dragon Ball adventure since Path to Power. And 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 I don't think this is a bad a bad thing. Again, what I think uh, uh, this movie m- m- may be about a little bit. Oh, I, I forgot the name. The Goku Junior special a little bit as well. Oh, Hero's Legacy. Hero's Legacy, yes. Because like, if we have Corin, if we have Dende, if we have Piccolo, if we have Krillin, maybe it will also... If we had Red Ribbon Army, maybe it will have Pan kind of retreading the steps of her grandfather. That would be pretty great. To have Goku's journey from original DB kind of passed on to Pan in modernized and more concentrated uh, setting, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely see that. This is why I like doing the live streams, because you get a lot of user-generated notes and stuff like that. And if you were there and you contributed, thank you so much for those, by the way. Uh, there were people saying the that this was Pan not only mimicking her uh, relatives, it's also similar to the scene where the Dell is first tapping into key. Like, you know, as in able to use key at will. And I gotta say, the attention to detail in this trailer is actually pretty impressive. Like, you know, she looks like a combination of Gohan and Videl in terms of the costume. And the t-shirt is just precious. And the fact that it says go to Hiffle, that is just... I mean, some people say that's something to do with Sammy Guevara from uh, from wrestling or something like that. I don't really follow wrestling, so... Apologies for my ignorance, but hey, if that is a little call out to Sammy Guevara, fair play to him. We've seen we've seen more subtle uh, references to outside um, properties in other anime series before, so this wouldn't be the first. But yeah, I think I think the biggest shock to me was like when people said uh, when they included that blink blink it and you miss it that little brawly appearance, and we were like. What are those people telling? Where's oh my gosh, he's here! Oh my yeah, gosh, he's yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, absolutely. And uh, that I I didn't notice it. I will admit, in the first uh, first playthrough, that was very very subtle and well done for sneaking that in. But I think we'll just be realistic here. I don't think Broly's going to be playing a major role in this movie. No, he's not. That he's just there to say, oh, he's still there. He's training now. Hopefully he'll calm down a bit. He might be useful later on or something like that. But it's just showing that he and Goku are training on Beerus's planet. Most likely Vegeta is somewhere else on another planet somewhere training on his own because he likes doing that. Finding his own way uh, with power. So we'll see that. But... It's just a case of trying to calm down Broly so he can use his energy. And it'll have been a couple of years since the Broly movie now. I think at least two to three years. So this is just showing us, oh, 
that offer of training that Goku gave to Broly, uh, yeah, that actually led somewhere. It, it was going somewhere. It wasn't just a, you know, a, a passive invitation. This was actually followed up on. And now we're actually getting to see what he can do. Yeah, maybe maybe Broly will become the proper candidate for the next G.O.D. Do you know? Oh, wow. I mean, it's a fair point. I mean, it's completely wild speculation. We have no idea about this. But if you think about it, Broly seems quite mellow. He's incredibly powerful. He doesn't have any familial connections anymore. Yeah, Whis had fun with him. <laughs> yeah, Whis did, absolutely. And I think Whis would enjoy it and find him quite endearing. I think he'd be a very naive god of destruction. But I think if he was keen to learn, I think he could be fair. But I actually I hadn't actually thought about that to be fair. But <laughs> again, this is just wild, wild nonsense. But it's funny nonsense to think about in some way. I think, and what what I do expect from this movie again, uh, I, I like I wrote it on my on, on my Twitter yesterday that it's probably status quo changed the movie. It's like, oh, you want to see what's up with this character? Oh, they are now doing that. You know, they are now doing that. This is the this is this is the vibe that I really like, you know, to, to get to see all those characters like Dende, like like Broly, like like Pan, like Piccolo, and see what they are up to. You know, like instead of just another big bad, another, you know, more of the same. This in terms of a story, even if it's retreading the like, uh, funny enough, by retreading some old tropes, this might be the freshest outlook on the characters, due to the fact that we already see that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, it's not afraid to change. Uh, to to change designs of some of the characters, like they said, oh, you know, always if a, with a new movie, we we have a new design for character. No characters, no, you don't. Like, okay, you you gave Goku and Vegeta a jacket in 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 the last one, but you you didn't really give anyone a particularly new design. Maybe m- maybe Bulma. Well, no, with Goten and Trunks, you made somehow them look even younger, like. I don't know how you did that, but... But right now, I finally see, like... I finally feel the time skip from what I've seen, you know? Yeah, and I was actually talking to Kaiser Neko about this, and uh, what would be really funny is that you think that Goten and Trunks aren't in the movie, but they're in the post credit scene for 10 seconds. And like, hey guys, we just came in. A- Where did everybody go? And then Vegeta's there. Oh, they were just fighting there with a couple of new androids. As Kakarot once said, Oh, go for ten. And Truck's like, I don't get it. Oh, right. Oh, right. Future boy. That, that, that's that thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, now that's ten androids. Because, again, I feel like maybe now, based on what they look like, they could be robots that the Red Ribbon Army undercover made to take out the world's greatest villains or something like that. Yeah, that's the way they perceived it to the young boy who loves superheroes. So, yeah, it could be that. And I imagine probably because Goku, uh, Goku, Vegeta and Broly, they're off planet, they're busy doing something else. Piccolo is, and Piccolo and Gohan are probably the two strongest people left on the planet at the moment. And this is pan training maybe for the 28th tournament that would be kind of neat because based on the questions that we got from the uh panel they were talking about when this is taking place whether it's 
after the granola arc, and apparently it is after the granola arc, but ju- before the twenty eighth tournament. So this could be Pan training for it. I saw. Uh, it's good that you speak about it right now because I saw a really cool theory that twenty eighth tournament will be reanimated and it will be used as the credits scene, like the credits sequence, and that would be super cool. Oh wow! And yeah, the fact that Goku's still wearing his orange gi. Uh, that's, uh, that's already made people think, well, that's something that needs to be noted. Oh, I guess end of Z is not canon anymore, but some people are, I mean, I thought that too, but some people are saying, oh, he might get the blue gear at the end of the yeah. movie or something yeah. like that. Maybe, um, maybe this is something to do with Weiss's training. Like he said, oh, I'll just give you this brand new costume or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe Roshi says, I think it's time you hang that up or something like that. But mind you. We've seen all these classic DB redesigns. I've not seen a Roshi one. So odds are he probably isn't in the movie. And I think probably he's not going to be in any Dragon Ball content for a long time. Or maybe ever anymore. Yeah, because, I mean, after what's happened in Argentina, where they banned Dragon Ball Super because of Roshi, I don't think Toei is going to be really enthusiastic of including him anymore. Yeah. Or at least, you know, limiting what he does because... They want them international uh, in syndication dollars. And I know that some people have actually uh, criticized me for uh, saying, oh, why should Toei, a Japanese company, pander to other audiences? That's fair. First of all, and first and foremost, it's a Japanese animation for a Japanese audience, and it just so happens to be popular overseas. That is very true. But I feel it's a very shrewd business decision to cater to outside and different countries. Latin and South America, it has a huge following. Don't nettle those localizations, people. Otherwise, Latin America and South America, they ain't going to get it. That More countries will ban it. Certain jokes have, haven't aged up too well. Mm, yeah. I mean, one thing that the Olympics taught us is that if you've got international scrutiny on you, what normally is sort of looked the other way in Japan doesn't float anymore. Like, yeah, that's what uh, the Tokyo Olympics kind of taught us, that some of the um, some of the points of view just do not work for international audiences, and uh, you've got to sort of adapt. So maybe Dragon Ball needs to adapt, but hey, I'm not the person in charge of it, so Toei, they can do what they want. They can do with Toriyama, Shueisha, they can do what they please. It's their property. Yeah, but um, I suppose the only thing that really concerns me, and this was mentioned during the panel, is that they haven't locked down release dates yet overseas. They said in Japan, it's going to be 2022. When in that year? We don't know. They're not now saying 2022 worldwide. They're not saying that anymore. Now they're saying, oh, it depends on different countries. And... That's a little concerning. You think that they would go for a worldwide simultaneous release. Especially for us in Europe, right? And other folks, like in in, in South America, you know. In, in in Africa, we had some people from, from South Africa. So there is a worldwide interest. Like, I, 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 I like to remember, uh, remind, remind you guys that uh, we didn't got a Broly release in my country. Mm, yeah, no. Despite Dragon Ball being pretty popular here. Yeah, exactly. Have came over uh, to watch the movie with me in the UK. Yeah, we have we have watched it twice. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. We we set up a new tradition of uh, of actually then uh, we'll watch the Resurrection F movie every time a new movie comes out and see how aged it looks. <laughs> hey, maybe next time we do it, we'll do a watch along live stream or something like that. Because it is on Netflix and stuff like that. It's easily available. That that actually makes me feel a little bit worried that we might see some territories not getting this movie until 2023. And by that time, it it's going to be pirated. You know it's going to be. People are going to stream that stuff. Yeah, they're going to they're going to find it elsewhere. And by that time, that's just going to diminish uh, box office returns. Because by the time you get to 2022, theatres will be back up open again and they will be packed. Of course, that's the best time to do it. And it's good to know that the movie is mostly completed based on what they said, that they're not having to rush it. And they're just showing they're just showing the bits that they've made and it's finished or at least, you know, it's presentable. It could easily change. They could easily tweak stuff. There's, I mean, at the very least, three months to go. They can still. I mean, we saw what happened with the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. They were able to recreate an entire character in maybe like seven months. They managed to do that. And Toei being the powerhouse that they are, they could make. A lot of things improve based on feedback. This was probably very important for Toei as it was for us to understand what we're going to get. As in, this is going to be, okay, the audiences aren't really that much of a fan of it. Maybe we should improve that. But it could easily not happen and they'll just ignore us and just do what they want. That could easily happen as well. They were very dodgy about answering those questions. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. They definitely were. Oh, I see you like I, I see you like the manga. Oh, yeah, that wasn't the question. Like, like I love how 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 the host uh, Justin, right? Uh, how he was, you know, a little bit. Oh yeah, that's that's a very satisfying answer. You know, like they didn't cut cut on the sarcasm of the of the answer yeah i mean they were so the, they were good questions there are only four questions given by the audience but they were good questions and akio yoku because yoku is pretty much toriyama's right hand man toriyama doesn't go anywhere he sends yoku instead cuz he's from shueisha he is um, he is the guy who is the second in command when it comes to toriyama and bird studio so he's the guy that toriyama sends to go and do things for him so that's the best type of authority you're going to get from Toriyama directly outside of him putting out a press release himself. They were very good at skirting around certain things. And one thing, okay, that one question was about Piccolo's mailbox. That was pretty funny. You know, like if they had like if they had a smart marketing, they would set up a ma- like an email box and uh, allow fans from uh, around the world to send e- ma- email and make somebody answer them in the name of people. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That would be funny. I, I, like, that would be a great promotion for for, for the movie. But I, I don't think they would do that. I would do that if 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 if, if I saw such an interest in in that particular aspect. Heck, we should just do it ourselves. It's just oh, like yeah. Piccolo's mailbox. You know, we'll just say Piccolo's mailbox. We'll we'll set up a Gmail account and just like have Piccolo's mailbox, and I'll just do my Piccolo voice. Uh, dear such and such. Uh, okay, <laughs> I just do my Piccolo equivalence voice or something like that. Maybe that could be funny. Uh, We're going round and round in circles here about this, but I mean, it's it's important to understand that there are some things that did leave me concerned. And I hope that 
I hope that this turns out to be a good movie. I'm nowhere near as sold as I was on the Broly movie, I will say. But I do praise the fact they're making a bold decision of doing something that is a little bit more slice of life than your typical Dragon Ball movie. So kudos to them about that. But I know that this is going to be to the hardcore Dragon Ball Z fans. People say, I'm not going to watch this. This is, this is, oh, this is trash. Oh, it's garbage. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to get that reaction from a lot of hardcore Z fans. And that I get, I get it. It's not something that is typical Dragon Ball Z, what the majority of us grew up with. I get it. Totally understandable. And that's fine. You don't have to go and see it. Yeah. If you don't want to go and see it, you don't have to go and see it. That's clear as say. You can stream it, stream it uh, at no extra cost. Yeah. Via, you know, via Netflix, stuff like that. But that that's just going to say the people that are going to go, they're just going to enjoy it or they want to go and see it for themselves and they don't believe trailers should be the be all and end all about it. I'm definitely going to go and see it because not only am I going to go and see a Dragon Ball movie in the cinema, which is something I really want to do, but I'm also going to meet people and talk about the movie with other people. And that's the best thing about it. We can share our feedback right afterwards. So that's a bad thing. How? Yeah, can have some fun. Going to the cinema should be an occasion. And going to the cinema for a Dragon Ball movie, even with Resurrection F, up in London, that was fun to talk to people and see it and the audience reaction. I mean, I'll never forget with the Broly movie, when, in the UK, when Vegeta went Super Saiyan God, and people were, you know, cheering, going, woo! And then one person went like, yeah, boy! But yeah, sure enough, he did get pounded on by Broly. But that did happen. On the other, like, on the other, on the other, on the other, you know, hand, like, it's hard not to be excited about it, mostly due to the fact that, you know, like, we have been preaching for them to, you know, do something with Piccolo, do something with those side characters, and, 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 and we are finally getting that, like, somebody decided, hey, we have a vast w- world of cool characters that we introduced back in DB or were minor characters in Z. Let's see what they are up to, you know? Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, too long. I think what they're doing with this movie is that they've heard feedback and they want to uh, give the fans the answer to, oh, what are the side characters up to? Let's make them relevant. Um, Okay. Let's just give them a story where the main fighters, Goku, Vegeta, Broly, they're off doing something else. They're off doing another thing or training or whatever. And in the meantime, you get Piccolo and Gohan holding the fort with Krillin in there as well, because we did get Krillin character designs a few months ago at San Diego Comic Con. So we did get that. We're getting Corrin in there and Dende. We'll probably get... um. We'll probably get a Yajirobe as well, because, you know, where Corrine goes now, Yajirobe is not too far behind. So we may get a redesign from him, which would be neat. Um, Bulma's probably wished on the Dragon Balls again to be young, because there's been another time skip and she looks exactly the same as she does in the Broly movie and Super. So, yeah, despite the fact that Goku called her out on it. Oh, she's still doing it. Of course, she's gonna still do it. I mean, I, I mean, maybe m- m- maybe her hair has different color, but we know, you know, the, the hair like the subtle hair color changes. Like her hair is a little bit grayer, if you. Yeah, but not by much. But yeah, there are a lot of things to be excited about for different reasons. Of course, there's going to be some good battles and stuff like that, and the CGI is not going to be hundred percent. There are going to be 2D drawn stuff like that, maybe for like smoke and key and energy and sparks. Probably that's going to be all drawn and there'll be elements to 
enhance the uh, base material, like we got for the Broly movie. We saw some 3D elements coupled with 2D animation, like 2D key and stuff like that and energy. It looked good. It managed to mask some of the CGI stuff, so maybe that this is just what they're doing on a bigger scale. Just, it's mostly 3D with 2D elements. And I'll be okay with that. I'm going to still go and see it, because, hey, I like going to the cinema anyway, and it's a Dragon Ball movie. I've gone and seen worse movies and paid full price for it. I went to go and see Evolution, and I paid full price for it. That is my sin for the community. That means I have to go and see every Dragon Ball movie after that. I cannot call myself a Dragon Ball fan if I paid full price to go and see Evolution, and I do not go and see another Dragon Ball movie after that. Yeah. I still wonder. I still wonder what's the deal uh, with the w- w- with the Gamma Brothers. Are they some sort of you know bounty hunters? You know asset acquirers? You know like some sort of troopers? Because even if they ask if they good, if they but like like I feel they are neutral. Haha, <laughs> get it because they're gray. Well, actually, now that I've seen some things of Gamma Two uh, going after Piccolo. And no, Piccolo wouldn't have been hurt by that. It would have probably been like, well, uh, excuse me, um, I'm meditating here. Uh, are you really going to do this? Uh, that they are maybe creations of the Red Ribbon Army. Because they do have the Red Ribbon Army insignia on it, and I didn't pick that up initially. So props to people that you know showed that to me. Thank you. That could be easily a thing that they're robots. That they're androids that the Red, Red Ribbon Army created. As you say, asset acquirers. As in, they're there to... Because the stuff you see on the machine, those are old pictures of of characters. And then they're, they're made to look evil. There's Boo, but with the blue tongue, which means that the colours are a bit more accurate to the manga. All the colorations of the characters are more uh, are more relevant to the manga. Especially like with Piccolo. Piccolo's muscles yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they're more relevant to the manga. So maybe this is what they're doing with the style. They're trying to make it more accurate to Toriyama's current style. And the manga. So that could be interesting. And I will say, some of the uh, 3D shots do look a little little janky, but some of the shots that are really good, and if you show them as a still, they look convincing in stills. They do. And the fact that they're 3D models means you have consistency. So uh, there is some credit where credit's due here, but it's it's not fully there. But... Hopefully, in the time they have left, they can help tweak it up a little bit and try and make things a little smoother. And the main problem is, is that if you're doing uh, CGI and you're trying to make it look like it's hand-drawn by doing it 24 frames a second, it doesn't always work. But they can't do it any faster than that, because otherwise it won't look like an anime. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tightrope that Toei are walking on right now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it, like... There's there's a lot of weird stuff about this movie, but again, enough to make me cautiously excited, you know? <gasps> what if, like, I was thinking, what if Gammas uh, were created from a sample of 7-3? Oh, ooh. That's a fair point. That's a crazy theory, but it's a theory that, you know, yeah, yeah. Also, I also I love how how the names were you know like uh, in our in our face the whole time like the number and gamma and gamma. Symbol oh, and the, the symbol yeah. It's the gamma symbol. Yeah, on their belt. Oh, as soon as I found out what that was, it was like oh man, it was right there. Some people were thinking that was just an allusion to Waluigi. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's a little bit of a stretch, but okay. Oh, if they were called Wa One and Wa Two, what would that? Yeah. Oh man, that'd been funny. But 
Yeah. I wonder if yeah. like if they are supposed to be in relation to gamma rays because they use ray guns and stuff like that. Maybe. Could be. But it's usually quite technical or something like that. But yeah. These are our thoughts on Dragon Ball Super Superheroes teaser trailer. Overall, we are uh, we're cautious, but we're hopeful in the fact that it's going to be a slice of life movie and that appeals to us. And I know that I went on an a lot about Pan in some of my other videos about this topic, but it was cute. It was really fun to see. And I don't think there's any more I can say about it here, but yeah, I'm excited to see that. And who knows, maybe we might see at the end, we might see a little Easter egg of her going Super Saiyan or something like that. Something that people have been wanting for so long. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm still going to see it. I want to see more, but I know that I have some reservations about it. And I hope that the release is as close and just as good as it was for the Broly movie, if not better. If not, that's a problem. And hopefully that turns out not to be the case. But all that remains to be said now is thank you, Hav, for your time. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And thank you all out there for listening. And if you'd like to have any topic suggestions, do leave them in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. And we shall see you again very soon for another edition of Up on the Lookout. But until next time, everybody, do stay safe out there, and I hope you're well. Ta-ra! Bye!